1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com
0: Good morning, Zach. How's it going? Great to see you yesterday.
1: Great to see you, David. Good morning to you. And nothing quite like waking up on this Valentine's Day Wednesday and getting a Valentine's Day greeting from you. That That's different, but uh, thank you.
0: This is where your day started. It's going to end by calling <laughs> DePaul and UConn. Let's start there because I want to get to a lot of baseball stuff. I want to ask you about the Bears, certainly. But the big tip-off tonight, it's not often you get to call a game against the number one team in the country. DePaul, UConn, probably going to be one-sided, Zach. But still, it's a moment.
1: Yes, I, I think it's a moment for uh, the guys on the team to uh, to dream big, right? That's been the the big motto at DePaul for for the last few years, and and this really is a year where they're trying to dream big. But yeah, it, it's going to get ugly. This has been an ugly season for DePaul. There's no sugarcoating it. It's been exceptionally ugly in Big East play. That's why they've made a coaching change. That's why they're looking for a new head coach. And we saw this matchup a little bit earlier in the season. And uh, that one was in Connecticut. UConn won big. I'm not expecting this one to be close. DePaul is losing Big East games this season, David, by an average of nearly 25 points per game. So you know big changes are coming in Lincoln Park.
0: You, Pat, and Ron held court yesterday for an audience of sponsors and just Cub fans, and it was really something to see. You guys connect As well as ever, your chemistry is already in midseason form. And, Zach, obviously today, pitchers and catchers report. So everyone's down in Mesa getting ready to hear from Craig Council and Jed Hoyer later. The sense of excitement is, I think, kind of restrained right now because I do believe that it feels like an incomplete offseason. How would you term where a Cub fan should be or is right now as they get ready to get back to work, baseball is returned, and Cody Bellinger is still out there to be signed. So it does put a damper on some of this enthusiasm.
1: I think you hit you hit it with the right word. It's an incomplete team as the Cubs begin spring training, and that's what Pat, Ron, and I talked about yesterday. You're waiting for a couple of moves, not just one. Cody Bellinger is one move, and you hope that they can get that done I think if Cody Bellinger had an offer he loved from anyone around Major League Baseball, he would have taken that offer by now, don't you think? Yeah. So, and I've said this many times, that doesn't guarantee that he'll be a Cub, but as we've seen over the course of time, in our time covering sports, all different kinds of sports, when you have a player who wants to be here, and a team that wants the player, eventually you kind of find a way to make it work more often than not. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but more often than not, it does. And that, that's why I'm optimistic that eventually something will get done. But baseball is very different. It's not like basketball, hockey, or, or football, where you have that initial signing period uh, in the offseason when the quote-unquote league year begins. Baseball's very different. I think baseball should go to what football has done and what basketball has done, even hockey, where you have that, that league year and there's that, that flurry in that first week of, uh, of an offseason in, in which you have all these moves that are made. And, and I think it would help the game of baseball in the offseason. But that's a story for another time. I, I do think that there's optimism because the Cubs went all in. In hiring Craig Council. And once you make a move like that, what it tells you is you, you've taken that next step in a, and you can call it rebuilding, retooling, whatever it is that you want to want to call this. Uh, the Cubs have taken that next step by bringing in Craig Council. It makes a divisional opponent weaker. It makes you stronger. And it announces to the rest of Major League Baseball that you're you're about winning now and, and winning consistently and about sustaining success. So ultimately to do that you feel as though the Cubs still have a couple of more moves in them as they begin spring training, And we'll find out a lot more today when President Jed Hoyer and General Manager Carter Hawkins and the new manager Craig Council meet with the media. So that's that's step one. The other thing and we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this with the Cubs this offseason, David, is that they are very high internally on some of their prospects. And while they don't make a big deal about it publicly, there's a belief that several of the guys in their system will be a part of the mix with the 2024 team before all of a sudden.
0: I heard you say that yesterday on stage, and I was very impressed that you kind of teased that because it, su- it suggests that, boy, they're really high on somebody. But Zach, I wanted to come back. I want to raise my hand and say, call on me. Isn't every team high on their own prospects isn't every team in baseball projecting their top prospect to be better than maybe he really will be
1: yes but the difference here is there are many people around major league baseball not just the cubs that are very high on what the cubs are producing down on the farm And i think that's what leads you to a, a sense of optimism it's it's not look even though they have this great system, it doesn't mean that every single guy down there is going to be a, a bona fide major leaguer. But what it does mean is that there are a number of guys that you're going to... It's power in numbers, right? There are going to be a number of guys that they're high on that will hit. And I think that lends to a, a sense of excitement and optimism with the Cubs. And you saw it last year. I mean, they were not afraid to throw Pete Crow Armstrong into the middle of a playoff chase. Mm-hmm. I think that benefited him. It might have not benefited the Cubs at the tail end of last season, but I think it benefited the player, and hopefully you see some of that at the beginning of this season.
0: Want to get back to some other stuff, Zach, because I think people forget sometimes you're so good at baseball and being part of the the Cubs broadcast that in your previous uh, life uh, as a broadcaster, you were the Bears sideline reporter, and I wondered as you watched the Super Bowl if it took you back to 2007 – in South Florida, when you were covering the Bears and the Colts, and what that those memories are still like for you, and as you heard the news that Devin Hester is now a Hall of Famer, you were there for so much of his career. You had a better seat than most of us
1: and many of us. What that meant to you, seeing him go in. No one had a two-year career. Again, if Devin Hester had retired after his second year in the NFL, his second year with the Bears. To me, he was already a Hall of Famer in the way that he changed the return game. He was, as Jeff Joniak used to say, ridiculous in every sense. There was a time when you could make a case Devin Hester was the Bears' best offensive player, and he didn't do it by playing offense. I know eventually they got greedy, and you can't blame them for making him a receiver, and I agreed with it at the time because, quite frankly, when you have a playmaker like that, you want the ball in his hands, but... I go back to that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 41, and the thing I'll never forget is the night before the game, in the hotel lobby at the team hotel, I ran into Mike Brown, and he couldn't play in that game. One of the best Bears of this millennium, he couldn't play in that game because he was banged up. He got injured in that dramatic Monday Night Football comeback in Arizona, one of the all-time best football games anyone has ever seen, and. One of the things he said to me is, Zach, we're scoring a special teams touchdown. It's not something that, that Indianapolis takes seriously. They don't work on it because they they have other strengths. They're great, obviously, offensively with Peyton Manning. They had a great defense back then. But their weakness was special teams. For the Bears, it was a mega strength because of Hester. He goes, we're taking one back. And almost always what that meant during the Lovey Smith era is that the Bears would win the game because it gave them... Uh, essentially 7 points that that the other team couldn't match and on and Devin Hester right away scores the touchdown first time it's ever happened in Super Bowl history it's pouring rain uh, I'm I'm right at at the point of the bench where Devin Hester returns following the touchdown and everyone's kind of hugging him and celebrating you know, what a start right Dion Sanders who was a broadcaster back then and one of Hester's closest friends a big mentor
0: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the remarkable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer reported by Crumley Port Chicago, Illinois.
1: To get onto the bench to hug his protege, <laughs> Devin Hester. That that's one of the Super Bowl moments uh, I'll never forget. Another one was uh, you know, we're all drenched at halftime as, as we're going back in the tunnel, and Tommy Harris, another one of the injured bears pulls me, almost a, a horse-collar tackle, pulls me from the back and goes, hey, you're not going in the tunnel. We're going to watch Prince. This guy's just like it's like Michael Jackson. <laughs> so we stood on a, a couple of Gatorade canisters and – and watch Prince perform, and I'm glad he pulled me back for that because that was an awesome moment. Prince singing Purple Rain in the rain with uh, a a bunch of people holding up purple light sticks with the Chicago accent going, Purple Rain, Purple Rain. It was awesome.
0: It was awesome. I was there. I remember it as well. Probably didn't have as great of a seat or vantage point as you did. (laughs) Zach, less than a minute left, but I do want you to weigh in. We frame this as a debate in Chicago. Justin Fields or Caleb Williams, we know that you think it's not much of a debate. But what do you think about the trade value is for Justin Fields?
1: I think there are a lot of teams in this league that need quarterbacks. So I think you'll be able to get something good for him. I don't believe you're going to be able to get a first-round pick for Justin Fields. But I do think there are teams like Pittsburgh and New England and Atlanta that could use quarterbacks. So there's going to be a market for him. The bottom line is this. If you're looking to improve the Bears, you want to draft Caleb Williams. It makes the most sense financially, from a business standpoint, of being able to build around the rest of the team. And you're probably going to get a better quarterback talent-wise than you have right now. And if you watch the Super Bowl, there are three key ingredients that you need to win championships in this era. One is a special quarterback. Not a quarterback who creates great flash plays, but someone who is consistently special. That's one. Number two, you need a defense. One that can get after the quarterback and get after the quarterback consistently. And three, boy, you better have a good coach, like a really good coach, where you don't feel the coach on the other side is overwhelming the guy on your side. And that, quite frankly, is what it's looked like for the last couple of years. So hopefully the Bears have the offensive coaching infrastructure to supplement what some of the weaknesses are overall with the head coach.
0: Love it, Zach. Not just a baseball guy. Still got the football chops. Thanks for joining us.
1: (laughs) Take care, David.
0: Great stuff. Zach Zayman, you can hear him. Obviously, he is part of the soundtrack of summer with Pat and Ron every Cubs game. But also this spring, he'll be calling a few games on the Marquee Sports Network. Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively.
1: Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word